Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, March the 15th, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are in the chapter, How It Works, on page 67. We'll be reading the third paragraph that begins, Notice the Word Fear and ends seems to cause more trouble. And we'll be commenting on that one paragraph. Today's readers, and thank you, Team Wednesday, for the 12 steps, Julie P., the 12 traditions, Lori C., readers of the text, Katie G., Judith S.P., and Vanessa G., our newcomer greeter is Reba P., and our second hour host is Anne Marie M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, March 14, 2023, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 20,049. That's 20049. <clears throat> and for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 20,050. That's 20050. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Julie P. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Julie P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Minnesota, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Julie P. And I will now ask Lori C. to please read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Lori C. from Virginia. These are the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other OA other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, lend, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to serve. Thank you, Laurie C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 67 in the chapter, How It Works. The third paragraph that begins, notice the word fear, and ends seems to cause more trouble. And comments will be on that one paragraph. And I'll now ask Katie G to please begin reading. 
Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Boston. Notice that the word fear is bracketed alongside difficulties with Mr. Brown, Mrs. Jones, the employer, and his wife. This short word somehow touches every aspect of our lives. It was an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of our existence was shot through with it. It set in motion trains of circumstances which brought us misfortune we felt we did not deserve. But did not we that ourselves set the ball rolling? Sometimes we think fear ought to be classed with feeling. It seems to cause more trouble. Well, thank you, God, for giving me this opportunity to be afraid about sharing on fear. You know, I can tell you what's different for me today as a recovered woman is, um, you know, before I got on this line, I was just praying and I could feel my body like start to get heated and to feel fear. And in the past, when I have felt fear, in order to handle it with self-reliance, I've puffed myself up and I've tried to prove myself right. So I have this fear that I'm not good enough and you guys are going to judge me, right? And you're going to leave me. And so instead of opening up and sharing honestly about who I am and where I'm at, I would tell you a story about a recovered woman that didn't exist, that didn't have feelings. And what it did was it created this quilt, right? This evil and corroding thread. And a corroding thread means corrosion, like it's literally deteriorating. And what happens is what I don't understand is that when I'm afraid that someone's going to reject me and I put them on a pedestal, well, then everything they do is a reflection of me. If they're sneezing, I'm going to cry. If they're farting, I'm offended. If they're burping, I'm angry. And I know this is, I know I'm being a little bit funny, but it's true. And the problem is when I walk around putting someone on pedestal or treating them as less than me, then I create my fear, right? Because if I'm afraid that you're afraid of me and I'm treating you in a way that is from a place of fear, then you're not going to want to be with me. And that's the crazy thing about fear. And for me, what I see, these levels of fear, like, thanks be to God, I'm not exercising my fear off today, right? But through regular inventory, I see I never have anger without fear. And I I am so good at doing a resentment turnaround. I am so not loving looking at my fears, right? But the fear is where it's at because my earliest fear was I should be somebody else doing something else with some other people at some other time. You're not going to love me. I'm a please love me aholic. I'm a make me a happy-aholic. I'm a don't let me feel uncomfortable-aholic, right? And what I have to tell you today is that I continue to be challenged and meet that challenge with God because the truth is I don't have fear. If you don't have fear, I'll wrap up with this, Lisa. If you don't have fear, call me and tell me how. But what I do today is I don't fight it. I accept it and I show up with God 
And I'm telling you, God has a silver lining for every fear that we get to walk through together. So if you're in this work, keep going. Do not miss it. Fear and walking through it, and God is where it's at. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, KDG. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on any of the vision meetings on Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back. And who would like to share on what was read? Shanna C. Linda D. Linda. Sigrid S. Sigrid. Linda D. I got Linda. I have Shanna, Linda, and Sigrid. Vasa O. Melissa uh, Vasa and Melissa. Jamie M. from Southern California. Loretta. Janice PM. Okay, I'm going to stop with you, Janice. And I'm sorry if I missed you. I will. We'll circle back around. Um, and you may have to remind me of the first initial of your last name. But I have Shanna C. Linda D, Sigrid S, Vasa O, Melissa C, Jamie, I think, Loretta, and Janice PM. So, Shanna C, you're up, followed by Linda D. Good morning. This is Shanna C from Tennessee, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater through God's grace and this program of action that has literally saved me from fear and, and all the self destruction that goes along with it. Thank you, Katie, for a wonderful introduction and everyone who's serving this morning. Um, and it is absolutely true for me. Uh, fear under, underlying every single motive, every single thing that I that I do because I'm human and because naturally um, I, I it has been ingrained in me to rely on myself. And there's a part of me called my ego that loves to rely on self and doesn't want to need God, doesn't want to need you, doesn't want to follow directions, any any directions other than my own. And that will never, ever, ever go away. That is just part of being um, being human and me being the self, self-will run riot and the person who, being the, the compulsive overeater that I am, taking everything to the extreme. There's always more. You know, fear works for a little bit for a lot of things until it stops working. But I'm the one who will use fear and take it to the extreme and to the point of insanity or death. <clears throat> you know, fear keeps me from being... You know, it gives me an excuse to not try. It gives me an excuse to avoid. And while, you know, while telling myself that, that it's all justified, the problem with fear is I'm powerless over it as well. You know, I can tell myself all day that I'm doing this to myself. I'm doing it like, like I have some sort of power to stop myself from being afraid. I personally thank God for inventory. Thank God that food had, has beaten me into that state of reasonableness where I'm willing to look at fear as well, you know, I, I mean, understood for a long time at death that resentment had power to actually kill. But fear? Hmm. I didn't, I didn't think fear was so bad. But, you know, it being called evil and corrosive. But thankfully, there is a way to, to be rid of the fear. You know, I get to face these fears honestly. You know, uh, and get rid of them promptly and without regret. You know, confess that stuff. Understand my powerlessness over it. Ask God to remove the fear and direct my attention to what he'd have me be. You know, and for me, it, it, just, it has to be real simple. I'm here on earth to help and forgive, um, you know, and, and I'm asking God, you know, help me to approach this day and this world and everything in it, you know, only as you would have me. And 
I need the grace to do that because of myself. I can't think my way out of fear or anything else. But anyway, grateful that there are actions that I can take, that I can I can submit myself and humbly rely on God and uh, be guided. Um, even though I'm afraid, even though I feel afraid, I can still act with courage uh, because of the power given to me through these steps. Thanks. That's all I have, and have a great day. Thank you, Shanna C. And Linda D., you're up, followed by Sigrid S. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D., and I'm so stunned to be recovered in Connecticut. Um, I say stunned because I've gone through more fear in the last two weeks than I can ever remember. And, of course, I bet I've done it before, but wow. I loved the first share and the second share. Um, It's all true. All of it's true. I... uh, Absolutely can't talk my way out of fear. I lost um, someone very, very dear to me, one of my precious animals, four-footed kind, that I live with. It's half my life, half my family. It's not half my life. And uh, I've never, it, it triggered all the losses that I've ever felt, the memory of that. And when you're exhausted from helping the animal pass over, you can't sort anything. I just wandered through exhaustion. (coughs) Pardon me. The point of the whole thing is, what am I going to follow? Am I going to follow fear or am I going to follow love? It's hard. It's very hard sometimes. It's almost impossible, except that I have God. That's huge. I was an atheist. So for this power to show up, whatever you call this power, it's, I can only say my experience. It is divine. It is within me. And it guides me. And it told me today as an idea, don't run. I could feel it. I could hear it. So I didn't. So I'm here to tell you about something which might sound trivial to you. It's only a cat. It's not only a cat. It's my cat, and it's my life, and it's my family. The only family I have left, except for humans, and humans are fine. Sometimes animals are more important. They just are. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Linda D. Um, Sigrid S., you're up, followed by Vasa O., Thank you so much for hearing me. This is Sigrid F. Like Frank in South Florida. And, you know, anytime I feel any little bit of restlessness, irritableness, and discontent, which can range from little to humongous, most likely there's fear at the root of it. And I can't tell you how often until I do work the steps that I understand which fear it is and what fear it is. But I'll tell you that it often falls into three major groupings for me. My fear of not being good enough, my fear of change, and my fear of the future. Almost, I guess, could be sort of the same. And the fear of not being good enough, what I've learned to do, because it was so prevalent in so much of my life when I first started doing these steps, is I say to myself almost every day, I am good enough, I have enough, 
I do enough, and my weight is perfect just for today. And it helps me to turn it over to God, knowing that I am who I am, and God loves me no matter what that is. The second one is fear of change. And sometimes those are really big things and real. I'm going through something at work right now, which is going to have big change for me. And it's almost like my default. I can't help but be afraid instead of think, what, how might this turn out, right? Instead of looking at the positive, my attic brain goes to the negative and, oh, my God, change is bad. But it's not really, is it? And if I put it down in paper in the steps and I examine it and I ask God to help me through it and help me to let go of my fear so that I can be who you want me to be, God does. My higher power helps me through. And then the last one is fear of the future. I feel a lot of that these days. Fears of my husband dying and leaving me. Fears of retiring and getting old and unhealthy. Fears of, uh, you name it, you name it. Anything in the future. And again, it's in the future. I'm throwing away my higher power's gift of the present if I'm in the future. If I'm not trusting God with my future and I don't have faith that it's going to be okay, when there is evidence in my life that things that changed were turned out fine and my future would have been beautiful and I have a wonderful life. If I can't look at those facts objectively and seek God's help, then I'm the loser. And I'm the one that's fighting out at people and lashing out and maybe don't even know why. So fear is a huge one for me. And I appreciate the time. Thanks so much for letting me share today. Thank you, Sigrid F. And uh, Vasa O, you're up, followed by Melissa C. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone, Vasa. Grateful, recovered, compulsive, Vaida calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And uh, my name should have been Fear. When I came to recovery, I had so many fears. And I remember my sponsor, when it was time, as I was doing my fourth step, you know, then it was time for me to, she said, list down the fears that you have been struggling over the years and when did the fear started and how it affected my life. Fear fermented, it prevented me from growing up and what I should have done instead of being afraid, you know. And I listed, I had a lot, a lot of fears. And I, at the end, I would always ask God to remove my fear. And I will list some of the fears that I had. I mean, I could, there was a fear for every day of the year for me. For example, fear of doing the fourth step. I had a big fear of doing that. For fear of getting old, for fear of not exper- expressing myself as I want more things, fear of losing what I have, home, children, money, husband, for fear of losing relationships, what I have, or not getting what I want, fear of not having control, fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, fear of not being good enough, fear of not being liked, loved, or accepted, I mean, I can go on and I'll probably take another half an hour to list my fears. 
but it just felt it was it you know fear can be another addiction but I didn't know and yes there are healthy fears that I have today I am not going to cross the street looking both ways to make sure there's no car coming um Yes, there's fear of me not stealing because if I if I steal something, then I'm gonna get caught and not get charged. Uh, fear of speeding. That's these are all healthy fears. Why would I want to speed if I'm gonna get a uh, speeding ticket? So I mean, I do have healthy fears, and and I needed to let go of the unhealthy fears because they kept me from growing up. Uh, from maturing, and I'm just so grateful that I have the fourth and the the twelve steps, and and to go through each step as they are laid out, the way they are laid out. But I needed help, like I didn't needed help with the food addiction. I needed my higher power to help me with that, and I could started trusting God, helping me in that area, and I started trusting God, going to the rest of the steps, you know, step four, five, six, the way they're laid out. And as I was going through the steps, and I was getting more confidence in myself, and the fears were removed one by one. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And then I can help others, because other people help me identify with their fears. And I say, yeah, that's me, that's me. That i I got to put one more down on my list. So I'm not alone, and we go and we do all these these things together, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O and Melissa C. You're up. You're up, followed by Jamie. Hey, good morning. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and um, you know I think about fear, and I you know I'm also thinking about the importance of how we work the steps in in order, in sequence. Because step three, when I really submit myself to God, when I really decide that he's my employer and and my job is to stay close to him and perform his work well, I'm promised that I'm going to lose my fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. And, um, and I think, you know, my own experience with fear um, – I don't remember being a fearful kid. I've actually was always told I was really quite brave, and I did things that, you know, surprised my family. And I was like, you know, I assertive and, and did lots of things. And then, you know, I don't know, life life gave me some a couple of really painful blows, like many of us. And I guess I decided that I was gonna take those painful blows as evidence of of being in an unsafe world. And um, and I remember thinking, too, when I came to this part of my steps that, well, how can you tell me that this is like stealing? Like, like it's not my fault that I'm afraid, right? Don't you understand what happened to me? And and that was really, you know, I, I, had, um, I had some horrific things happen. And I remember when my daughter was really little, I wanted so much to be okay for her. You know, and I remember taking her to the playground and shaking because she was climbing on high things, and I and I was afraid. You know, I had had a loss, and I felt like anything could happen to this girl, and nothing anybody said to me could convince me otherwise. And I remembered, you know, 
convincing her to leave the playground, you know, and then giving her ice cream on the way home because I couldn't think of anything else to soothe this crying kid who just wants to play in the playground. And that is how fear is evil and corroding, right? Because it steals, it actually forced me to, you know, to put this um, thing on my kid that maybe she wasn't living in a safe world. And I think what my inventory taught me is that all of my, all my deepest, darkest fears, um, you know, the story is that this story ends, and that's the truth, and that's the thing I was the most afraid of. But I have a responsibility to live my life fully while I'm here, and not, I used to think about it like a beautiful party and enjoy the party while the party exists, and the way that I enjoy this party is by living in service and trying to do what I believe God would have me do rather than wringing my hands, crying that someday the party's going to end and how can I let it last longer, you know? Um, and that's been my experience of recovery, that um, I have walked through hard things in recovery as well, but my job is to stay close to God, perform his work well, and allow him to remove my fears. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa C. And Jamie, you're up. If you'll tell us the first initial of your last name, followed by Loretta H. I am. Yep, I'm Jamie M. from Southern California here in Florida. Visiting, um, I am grateful to be a compulsive overeater. And I'm back on step four. I picked up food after seven years due to physical pain that I've never experienced. And so I have a lot of fears, and I just wrote out some last night, actually, and one of them is where I'm going to live. Unfortunately, I moved back to California, and it turns out my brand-new building has mold, and it's taken me down. And now I have a great sponsor, and people have recommended places, but I have a fear I just moved there. I have a fear when I was a little girl that my mother would come verbally abuse me, and I would hide in my walk-in closet. We were very spoiled. I had a walk-in closet, whoopee-doo. And then I would go outside, and those were my safe zones, in the closet or outside. Then it became, as time went on, food. It became my best friend, everything. Anytime I had a problem, food took care of it until it stopped taking care of it. And then I found Overeaters Anonymous, which I was grateful that my higher power, not knowing at the time, brought me in. And now God has to take care of everything. I walk into a building. I have an unknown illness. I don't know if I'm going to get sick. Um, I have no idea. And so every minute of my life where I go, I say, God, go before me. This is all I can hold on to because I edged God out due to my pain. I went back to my disease. I didn't pick up a lot of food, but I did a compulsive thing, which is not God's work. My job is to give back. And what I know is, Due to my illness, how can I help someone? How do I help someone? Well, I was able to help two people in this program who do not have it physically as bad as me, but I could give them what I know, just like with food addiction, just like with my life. And I still hold the door for people, and I still say please and thank you, no matter what, because God taught me to be honest. God taught me to be polite. God taught me how to live my life. God has brought me to Florida. I drove here. I don't even know how I did that. I'm very sick, couldn't get on a plane. God, 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 God. And right now, God is my best friend, my employer, my father, someone who cares for me and won't let me go. 
I was supposed to go, he would have taken me already. And for some reason, I'm here with this illness. I have no idea why, but I don't care because I want to help another person who's helped me the first day when they said, welcome. And I thought they were all crazy. Why are they welcoming me? And some days I had a pity party last night and someone called me up and did a fear inventory and all this stuff. And all I could say was did hope. And that person helped me before I helped listen to them. So thank you for this program. Thank you for the East Coast time at 7. I usually go, obviously, Pacific for me. And I enjoy this program. I'm grateful to be a part of this vision for you, which I started back in October when I moved to California again. So thank you so much for everyone. And I appreciate the service and letting me share today on this wonderful meeting with these wonderful people. I pass. Thank you, Jamie M. And Loretta H., you're up, followed by Janice P.M. Good morning, Lisa, and good morning, everybody on this line, along with my precious God, who does save my life, Loretta H., recovered in North Carolina. Uh, My fears were basically eradicated with my anorexia, because when you're hungry or high on the idea of starving, I didn't have any fears, and that basically started at four until I couldn't use that anymore because today I'm a recovered person. And so now I fear, frustration, ego, anxiety, resentment. Um, It's just for me, that is the acronym, and it's just um, total unrest for me. And it steals my serenity. Um, It makes me take off and be the person who God doesn't want me to be. And today, I just finished a fear and a four-step last night. And fear is, um, it says in the big book that you will, um, it's fear of people and economic insecurity. It's not that the economic insecurity will leave me or that people will leave me. It's the fear of, and that's why I want to write it to write it. And um, it talks about trains of circumstances. Well, today, with God's grace and mercy, I have the train of the 10th step or the train of my 11th step. So that train actually educates me, and I can look at and focus on what I need to do to correct it. So there's a correction in the directions of the fourth step. And with God's grace and mercy today, I I have fears. Don't let me. But today I have a system or a uh, treasure map of how to get out of them. And my actual basic fears are fear of being found out, fear of losing what I have, or fear of not getting what I want. That's what I wrote on last month. It encompasses everything. It's like the... um, steps in the resentment uh, uh, inventory. You know, there's just really four of them, or five of them, I'm sorry. And in, in my fears, there's really just four of them. So today, with God's grace and mercy, when I write it to write it, I let the fear go and find out who infinite, omnipotent God wants me to be and do. And the first thing I do is I go out and try to help another person because today I have the um, grace and the mercy and the honor of being recovered 
so that I can talk about this and not absorb this and go out into this world with some sort of um, usefulness and the four absolutes, love and honesty and purity. And I call purity my authenticity. So today as a 75-year-old, thank you, lady, I have this grace, and it's all because of God in this program. Thank you. Thank you, Loretta H. And Janice PM, please share with us. Good morning to you, Lisa, and thank you so much. Uh, my name is Janice PM. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Goodness, I heard everything that I was going to say and all the good. But anyway, <clears throat> I was a very cocky person. I thought, oh, gee, you know what? I'm not afraid of anything. Maybe snakes. But I thought that was a kind of fear. I couldn't, I just couldn't grasp it until I got into this, <laughs> to these steps many years ago and daily, you know, all, of, and I was queen of negativity. And boy, if that isn't, uh, if, if that isn't fear, negative thinking, and it was said the acronym, you know, but what's the opposite of that acronym, fear? It's trust. T-R-U-S-T. What does that stand for? And it's the solution to all my problems. Try really using step two, a new power. Um, Try really using step two and step three. Make a decision to find a new power. My disease was my power. It had me in jail. It had me worrying all the time. Um, as we just got through, resentment is the past didn't go my way. Of course it didn't. I didn't get what I wanted. Now the fear is, you know, the future's not going to go my way. And what's my biggest problem was, well, I'm relying on my own mind. I'm relying on, okay, my husband died. Now what am I going to do? I'm I'm emotionally insecure, financially insecure. I was never like that before, but then then I was. You know, I thought I was, and I was lying to myself. So, um, so you see, fear will not get in, in, in the fear of the future. I always, what about tomorrow? Uh, when I started weighing and measuring, I was so afraid that I, it wouldn't be enough food. Always thought that I'm the one that had the results. Today I know, instead of surrendering to the power of the disease, the answer, the solution to all our problems is surrender to the God of my understanding. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it says here in the paragraph, fear is like stealing. It's, what is it steal? <clears throat> Pardon me. It's stealing all the joy. And it's keeping me from enjoying and fulfilling my dreams of the future because I relied so much on myself. And it was, you know, and things were never enough. It was never enough. Fear of weighing and measuring. I'm not going to get enough food. I know how much I should eat. How did that work for me, Janice? I didn't know. Thought I knew. And what a lie. So it's like, you know, thank you very much, Lisa. Um, I'm just going to say that, you know, fear is like a termite. It just eats through the foundation. 
it devours the foundation of what and the sort of life I dreamed about. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you, Janice PM. And we are on page 67 in How It Works. We've read and are sharing on the third paragraph that begins, notice that the word fear and ends seems to cause more trouble. So who else would like to share this morning? Jessica, Minnesota. Lulu, Wanda, Wanda R. R. Wanda R. Crystal, I'm Wanda so sorry. R. I got Wanda, Wanda, so I have Lupa S. Okay, somebody S. So I have Rifka. I don't, I don't have your last. I have Wanda. There were a whole bunch of people coming in at one time. <laughs> Lulu L. Lupa S. Crystal, Lulu. Okay, Rachel Julie, P. there's. There's somebody with the last initial F. I keep missing. Oh, Jessica Leba. Leba? Okay. Tracy G. I'm going to tell you who I have, and we'll see where we get. And then you'll have to tell me the first initial of your last name. Rifka, Wanda R., I think Lulu, Julie, and Tracy. So, Rifka, you're up, followed by Wanda R., Did I get that right, Rifka? Star one? Perhaps not. Wanda R., are you available? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm calling from Chicago. I'm looking at the sunrise, and I hope everybody has a great day. And... um, Yes. Oh, thank you so much for the comments. And um, yeah, so I have fear of disapproval. Uh, I have fear of uh, the future, like not having enough. Um, we didn't have enough food. I want to go. Fear of running out. Um, fear of. Uh, exposure, fear of, uh, you know, um, um, getting caught, you know, um, in a compromising position, um, fear of loss, uh, I just want to do a fear that my husband Wanda, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you're fading in and out. Okay, so um, I just went through a uh, fear that my husband might have cancer. He doesn't, so um, I feel better about that. But I just know that, um, you know, I'm uh, looking at life, um, and, uh, you know, I have to um, not be a victim. You know, I have to, uh, you know... um, Fear of uh, failure, fear of not finishing. I have a big one on fear of not finishing. Uh, my dad used to beat me up if I didn't eat my meal. So, uh, you know, um, I always feel like I have to finish, you know. So, uh, but anyway, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Wanda R. 
And Lulu, if you'll also give me the first initial of your last name, you're up, followed by Julie. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you for taking the meeting. Uh, my name is Lulu L., and I am from Florida Eastern Time. I'm recovered today by the grace of God. Oh, my gosh. And I am, believe it or not, as some people shared, so grateful, so grateful to be a compulsive overeater. Who would ever have thought I would say that? Um, I didn't never think I was afraid of anything. This has been shared previously. I, you know, I thought I was this courageous, plow-through-life kind of girl until I really got quiet and sat down with this particular step. And then I realized I was actually afraid of everything. I was afraid of my parents. I was afraid of being a mom. I was afraid of my friends. I was afraid of making faulty financial decisions. I mean, the list is endless. And for most of my life, I was afraid of food because food mastered me and I couldn't stop eating it. This fear that absolutely ran my life um, caused me to protect myself, or at least I thought I was protecting myself by erecting this steel wall around me, protecting myself from everything and everyone. And that worked for a very, very long time, or so so I thought. But, you know, it also protected me from experiencing love. It protected me from experiencing joy and peace. So until I realized that how could I experience love if I feared love? I had no understanding of love. Because as the cliche says, and it's, and it's you all have heard it, God is love. But I blocked God out as well. Even with my, even with all that I have done to learn about God, I blocked God out until I came to the awakening that I'm a child of the universe, that I'm one of the kids. Then I suffered and I suffered and I suffered. And, you know, I still wake up every morning and I have to remind myself that I am loved. I have to remind myself that I am here to love and that has helped to break down the fear that I've experienced up until now. And so when Bill and the and everybody wrote it was an evil and corroding thread, you know, the fabric of our existence was shot through with it, I lived that. Uh, My life was a tapestry, and every thread had fear running through it. And so I'm so, so grateful today to not be living in fear. And and I'm quick to recognize it, or at least I'm quicker. And so thank you. Thank you, Lisa, for allowing me this time to share. And thank you, A Vision for You. This meeting is extraordinary. And everybody have a great day until you choose otherwise. (laughs) Thank you, Lulu L. And Julie, um, you're up, followed by Tracy. And if you'll both give me the first initial of your last name. Hey, everybody. Good morning. This is Julie M. from Minnesota. Um, Seven and a half years ago, before I entered the rooms of recovery, 
one of my adult daughters came up to me and she said, Mom, I can't tell you anything anymore. I can't share with you. We've lost our relationship, she said, because I never know if what I tell you is going to send you into a total tailspin or not. And she said, I'm afraid for you. I had no idea. I had no idea that fear had permeated my life to such an extent that this very treasured relationship with my youngest was was deteriorating because I couldn't handle honest truth, because I couldn't handle reality anymore. Um, fear had completely taken over my life. As my eating progressed, as my disease progressed, my fears progressed, my inability to deal with life on life's terms. Um, it, it, it all was going downhill at a rapid pace. Um, in recovery, I've learned a lot of things about fear. Fear is when I'm, as, as one of our earlier fellows said, when we're not working the steps, steps two and step three, when I am defiant instead of reliant, when I am not putting my reliance in my higher power, when I am not trusting the, the strength, the wisdom, and the guidance of my higher power, that's when I fall back into fear. I get into self-reliance, and self-reliance is a dangerous place for me to go. I wish I could honestly say that I didn't battle fear anymore. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if life didn't present me with any more fears? But in all honesty, it does. My family has just completed a, a horrific two-year battle with terminal brain cancer in our home. That was, that was very fearful two years. But thank God I had my program. I, could, I, could, I, I, had, I had my higher power. I had my, my sponsor to turn to. I had my fellows to call. Um, I had my program tools. Today, I still have some fears, but I'm working with them. I'm working on them. I am trying to pray and meditate and give them to my higher power for guidance. Um, my life isn't perfect, but it's better. I can build relationships. I can, I can, I, I'm aware of the fear. I'm aware of anxiety. And I have some tools to work with it, namely, namely, um, turning it over to God and being I, able to render. Thank you. Thank you, Julie M. and Tracy. You're up. Thought I heard Tracy. Star one, Tracy, we can't hear you. Okay, hi, everybody. Tracy G., North Carolina, newly recovered, gratefully compulsive overeater. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm amazed that I could even say that. Um, where did food take me? Food took me to being frustrated and frazzled and even fragile. I mean, frankly, paralyzed. Um, fear was the root of every part of me. And I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. 
Um, but the truth is, um, the beautiful grace of recovery is God didn't give me that fear to hold on to. He invites me to walk in the light of the Spirit. And being recovered means, <clears throat> excuse me, that I can. Hmm. That I don't, that I have the Spirit, not of fear, but of God's power and love. And that's just an amazing gift um, because if God is love for me, then his perfect love can cast out fear. And I'm just so grateful that I could be honest and open and, and even, frankly, vulnerable to God and with all of you as friends in OA because I know that God keeps me safe and protected and I'm able to stay in touch with this fellowship. And only he can do for me what I can't do for myself. I used to be so full of fear. I used to be so full of food, stuffing my face, binging for four hours at a time in three fast food restaurants in a day. But today, I can honestly say I'm full of faith. Faith, yeah, believing that God can and will for today restore me to sanity. Believing that I can make a decision not, you know, to, to turn my will and my life over to the care that God cares for me and that I have choices today um, to deal with that fear, to do a spot check inventory, to listen to that voice when I'm uncomfortable and indecisive and I can pause and pray and look at really what is causing my fear and ask God to take it away and believe he will. I trust him so I can and let go. I, I believe that he will carry my burden. I believe that that because of the spiritual awakening, I can live in peace and in his presence and, and most importantly by his power. Um, and when I'm willing, when I'm willing to genuinely do that, not perfectly, but progressively, just for today, uh, he gives me a whole new perspective of not being afraid to look at what is going on with me and to go to him and believe that um, being full of faith is just the right amount to deal with it. Thanks for letting me share, I'll pass. Thank you, Tracy. And there's only maybe about 30 seconds left. If anybody has something really quick. Vanessa G. Go ahead, Vanessa. Hi, everybody. My name is Vanessa G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in New Mexico. I had no idea, you know, prior to this that my entire life um, was run by fear, and that's why it was, um, you know, such a mess, because I just can't do it on my own. And I just want to finish up with, you know, a little quote. Um, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. Utter confidence. That's Bill's story, and that's my story. Um, that's what comes. Um, and I just wish that for everyone. I, I, and I hope and I wish for myself that I get to keep it and keep passing it on. Thanks. Thank you, Vanessa. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, March 15th, 2023, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting 
is 20,052. That's 20052. We'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Judith SP, will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Judith SP, and may we thank you, God. Thank you, Lisa, and everyone for this amazing meeting. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We, know, we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit anything you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.